All right. Cinnabon. Day fucking, or episode two of Colin abandoning us to press record on our own goddamn uh, camera. Does he contribute in other ways sometimes? Are you taking a video of the podcast right now? Yeah. I feel like They're I got safekeeping. I feel like I got big mom energy. I right saw now. your uh, why? <laughs> why do you say that? Well, I got this. Uh, the sunglasses on the head. Uh, this this gives off mom energy. I'm wearing I'm wearing shorts. I don't know why that's making me feel like I got mom energy. Big thighs. Have you seen that meme like uh, Anthony Fantano's about Anthony Fantano's thighs? No. It's like the same shit. Just like he's got. Huge fucking tree trunks, his legs. He's a big guy. He is a big guy. He's yeah. vegan. Oh He's yeah, thick vegan. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, okay. I have I have seen some of his antics. He's kind of funny these days on his Instagram and stuff. Like he's always been. Did you see him funny. post his uh, review of Mac's new album? And <laughs> he just goes, Mac so, DeMarco. Yeah. No. He's like, so the first thing you'll notice is that there's too many songs. And then you're going to realize that there's too many songs. And then also, if you keep going, you'll realize that there's too many songs. And also, there's too many songs. If anyone and that was the whole review. If anyone doesn't know what Carl's talking about, Mac DeMarco just put out a 199-song album uh, that's not even really... It's basically every demo he's recorded for the past five years. So... You know, I'm gonna take. The, I can't do it. I I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm in a fucking beach. I'm in a, like a sunscreen commercial right now. I don't even know why I'm wearing those. We're inside, Carl. That's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Mac DeMarco put out this 199 album song album. Uh, Home Shake did the same thing recently. Just like a shit ton of like. With his demos, his aren't really demos. His are more just like cool beats to study to kind of vibe. I mean, yeah, I it's, yeah, I mean, whether or not his were demos or not, it's hard to say because he makes very like simple and kind of vibey stuff regardless. So it could have been demos, but he organized it in like multiple volumes, like volumes one through eight. So whether or not it was completely thought out 100% and mixed and mastered with intention, he made it seem that way. Mac, it's like every song is just the date that yeah. he made it. It's obviously just a big demo tape. Yeah, I think it's pretty what interesting. What he, what, what he like made him want to do that? You well, know, I'll t- I think I I think I know. I'll tell you what, money, <laughs> and money, I, money. That, yeah, but like, how does that make worst. him a bunch of money? I will tell you. Let's think about it. Cool beats to study to playlists get played in the background. Every day, millions of times, right? You people rack up millions of streams when they get on one of those fucking chill beats playlists, okay? Mac DeMarco makes some pretty chill music, especially even his demos. It's even more chill, right? He basically just put out a chill beats to study to playlist that only gives him money. Think about why would you put that album on? Are you going to listen to that front to back and see what Mac DeMarco is having to say? No. You're going to be outside by the pool, fucking having a Pacifico, and you're going to be like, what do I want to listen to right now? I'm having a conversation. I don't want something that's actually going to like really, really grab my attention. You throw on a background playlist. It just so happens Mac DeMarco made an eight-hour background playlist. 
That's at least what I would think would be the reason behind putting out that fucking monstrosity of a uh, album. What do you think? Do you agree or disagree? I don't disagree. I'm just wondering. It's just weird. Like, that's not knocking Mac DeMarco. Get your fucking dough, my friend. I wonder if any of those songs will end up. It's just cur- It's curious to me because he's always done an album and then put out the demos for that album. So I'm wondering if, if he's doing the opposite. Well, no, I'm just wondering if any of those demos from that from One Wayne G is what the new one is called. I wonder if any of them are going to end up being the demos for the for a possible next album. Um but I mean, I guess I wonder if he'll also I mean he did just put out five easy hot dogs not that long ago so i guess we're a ways away from getting another album from him unless he's going to do like another album quickly with words on it but yeah i think i uh, don't know <clears throat> it's interesting i just uh yeah i guess it's curi- the reason i'm curious about it is because he always has done like demo demos of each album that release about a year after the album has been out or maybe less and it seems like he's doing the opposite, where he's releasing the demos first. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm wondering if he's like purging every demo that he has, putting it out, and then kind of mentally like starting fresh to do new music. I think I've been thinking. You know? I've been, yeah, I do. I know what you mean. I've been. Thinking I guess I'm thinking about more personally what it means to him, and less about mm. the move. You know, but anywho, I've been thinking a lot about releases and release strategies and. Have you now? Release, yes, because if you didn't know, Carl, <laughs> I have a song coming out. Whoa. On May 9th. Whoa. It's called With You. But I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, and if you follow, I mean, if you follow this podcast, you probably know who I am musically <clears throat> as well. So first single came out, second single came out. This is the third single of a full EP. And uh, it's been a minute since I've really released music. This is the first time I've done like back-to-back-to-back things. Um and I'm learning a lot. I will say I'm learning a lot. I'm much more comfortable in the release cycle now. Um, That's good. It's a lot. It only took less. you three tries. You know. I'm not. I didn't say fully comfortable. I said more comfortable. I'm still. I still like feel very strange uh, when it comes to how to promote music and stuff like that. It's mind-boggling, to say the least. But uh, one thing that I've been thinking about is. I no longer have a back catalog of music yeah. that I'm like, okay, this is 100% done, good to go. I mean, I have some demos, yeah, uh, but the EP's set for release, and that song's <coughs> not even finished. Uh, however, I was thinking about this when I was taking a shower. I was thinking about With You and how long it took me to finish this song, Um it took me a ridiculously long time, like a year and a half. Now, to be fair, I was moving across the country for and like getting settled in a new city mm-hmm. for like, you know, for like eight months of that. So, I, you know, whatever. But it took me so long. And I think one of the things that I was doing with this song that might have made it so it took a very long time was I was... It's very precious with it. Yeah. Right. When I first when I first wrote it, 
And I'll tell I'll tell that story on a different. That's my fucking bread and butter right there. <laughs> what being too precious <laughs> yeah. with your music? Yeah, I mean, dude, I'll tell the story of how I wrote the song probably in a different. I don't want to really do it right now. I don't want to get into that too much. But sure. wrote this basically the intro and the first verse and the pre-chorus. And I was like, this is so sick, right? This is fucking awesome. And then I was I was so afraid of adding other shit and netting more parts because I didn't want to like, I wanted to do the song justice, you know, because I knew it was fucking sick and I didn't want to add some extra part that was going to make it feel lackluster. Now, I realize now how ridiculous that was because I was so precious and I was barely adding little things here and I was so timid with when I was editing and stuff like that and I didn't want to tweak too much stuff. And then by the time I was, you know, a year later or whatever, I was like, I just have to, I just have <clears throat> to choose stuff and I just have to start making big edits and, yeah. and switching parts around. So it's not like all that being precious actually paid off because in the end I was just reckless and just chose how the song was going to be anyway. So I think... This is my extremely roundabout way of saying be less precious with your music because in the end you're always going to have to feel you're always going to feel like you rec recklessly uh or haphazardly glued something together. Yeah. In a in a good way. Am I making sense? Absolutely. Cool. What the that the homie that you showed me recently was mm -hmm. saying on his Instagram and what probably homie? also is TikTok. I'm I'm looking up his name. The right fucking now. guy, the yeah, uh, uh, Fish Islands guy. Yeah, J Jamie Sirota. I don't really know, but this he goes guy. by Meja, 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 Meja. Yeah, whatever. But <clears throat> he's he was saying um, a similar thing. I mean, he labeled it demoitis, which is not exactly what you're talking about, but at the end of the day, it's just like when you sit with something for too long in one specific form, you get attached to that and then it limits your creativity because you you get too afraid to try new things or that so you're going to fuck it up. True. So, so true. That's yeah. exactly what happened. I wrote the first part of with you. I listened to it 12,000 times in the car and I was like, this is dope. And then yeah. when we tried to, and I had to have you help me write the turnaround mm -hmm. because I was like, I can't hear anything except for this verse and this pre-chorus. And then when we wrote the turnaround, even when you helped me write it, I was like, this sucks. It fucking blows. It's not what I heard 12,000 times. Now I really like the turnaround a lot, actually. So good job, Carl. Thanks. You Thanks. Also, I, I will also say... Although this is like my song and I wrote it and whatever, this kind of this song I got I got a lot of help from a lot of people, which, you know, lit. It was cool. You didn't Kean write the bass line at the end. Uh, Kean did write the bass line at the end, and now we just got to get him to remember it. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> he also he also wrote the first uh, couple lines of the lyrics. Whoa! I was writing it in the base. I guess I will tell the fucking story. I was writing it in the basement of Philly house that Kian and I were living in and mm -hmm. Kian heard it bim, 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 right the whole song the song's just playing on a loop and I have a fucking microphone just like this and this is how I write music I plug it in and then I sit in a chair and I just go yeah and I just mumble until something comes out and Kian you know he's just fucking doing his Kian thing he sits in the back of the basement 
And I was like, man, I'm, I can't really think of much that I'm liking. He's like, yeah, I got something. And so I hit record. I'll, I'll try to find the recording. He takes a microphone like this and he just goes, time. Over cues. I'm losing. And he said, I'm losing my religion. Um, and then that, once I heard that, I was like, that's fucking sick. Changed the line religion to conviction. And then once he kind of opened those floodgates, that's when I wrote the um, the rest of the song, especially the pre-chorus. I'm going out, take my hand, one day I'll make amends. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing just kind of floated, and uh, then you helped me write the um, the turnaround. Kean was also fucking with the bass part, and then I ended up putting that in the end. Um, the chorus section. You wrote the bass line for the chorus section. Oh yeah. The should I put you guys as songwriters? Nah, you gives a fuck. Yeah. Kean definitely doesn't need it. Jesus Christ! But shout out to. Mr. Pitt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. And then you mixed it. What a metam- What a metamorphosis. Yeah. So th- I guess Whatever. this song is really a homage, 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 homage. The, it's really H an. O- it's really an Amish. <laughs> it's really an Amish song <laughs> about my friends. Uh, yeah. And then you mixed the whole thing. Yeah. This is the hardest part about mixing this song, Carl. This is the. F- first one i did right yeah, yeah it was i don't fucking remember um yes you come you gotta think of something <clears throat> well you know what it was it's really the first time i ever have like mixed uh you know for somebody that wasn't also something that i was on like heavily involved on the recording and production of as well which was cool um i think Honestly, um, I mean, this is going to go without saying for a lot of people that do this by trade, but for anybody who needs the advice of an amateur mixing engineer, uh, I think the, the biggest thing was like filling the space without any effects, like, and just being very simple with getting the levels right and then letting the song be completely dry and without reverb and delay and then only adding those things in very, very minimally once I was 90% done the entire mix, which kind of goes without saying for like, like I said, for people that do this gen- like consistently. But I think so much of like, it, especially with the genres that I listen to, you get lost with like delay and reverb and, modulation effects and things like that because effects are really fun to toy around with but you just gotta let it cut through on its own so much stuff is better off just being clean and clear you know so that was the big thing and i think it's definitely this of the three songs it's the song that definitely needs that the most you know what i mean because it's a little faster a little bit more punchy and groovy and not as uh atmospheric you know it's definitely mm. not growing pains right? no growing pains is very chilled out yeah um but yeah i don't know that was that's it is oh it? well some of your vocals are hot as fuck hey coming in, hey, bro. hey. <laughs> that's that's something hey hey 
Um, yeah, I record. David records directly in the devil lock. So there's, and then he takes it off when he gives it to me. So there's no telling how fucking dynamic his I'm performance gonna, is going to be. What di- devil lock is for anybody who's not a person. Um, it's basically a thing that makes all of your vocal levels, your singing, it's all at one volume. Um, and it's also really crunchy. So if you if you sing like really really loud, it it, it uh, distorts it a little bit. So maybe we should put Devilock on the podcast for two seconds, okay. like right now. Ready? And then three, just... two, one. This is what Devilock sounds like. And then like if I'm talking like right here, it sounds like this. But then also I can I can bring this all the way back here, and it's just gonna pick it up and squash everything and all the reverb in the room is just gonna this. get when it, when I go really really loud. It's going to distort like the echo. Yeah. No more Devil Lock. But then, All right, so that's what Devil Lock does. So when I record, I will put Devil Lock on my vocal chain just so I can sing and I can hear myself really well. The problem is once I do that, if it if I sing too loud, some I was clipping not the input, but Carl, you think I was clipping like the capsule of the microphone? Maybe. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Anyway, there's coming a out of, though. There's a little bit of crunchy crunch in the yeah. fucking vocals. Fuck it, you know it yeah, worked. Man. It all Draw. worked out. Who gives a fuck? All right, fuck yourself. So, with you, that's a fun one. I didn't realize that Kean wrote the lyrics at first. That'd be a fun thing to find his vocal takes on it. Yeah, I'm realizing now, like. Did I even Did write, you this even song? write this song? This is what Men in Black is. It's like half your song, pretty much. I know. Because the, yeah. the guitar it's, line in it is the still same there. shit. Because yeah. like you wrote the fucking part of the bass line for the ending thing, keyboard thing, and then in Men in Black, what I did drums, so, and then the there's like a guitar melody that plays through like the second verse. When does so, something become not your song? Um, oh, hold on. Before I'll let you think about it, but here's my answer. Here's my answer. For the example of With You, where I had a lot of help from a lot of people, right? I still find it to be my song, and here's why. I (laughs) think... This is my five-paragraph essay. Um, As a a songwriter, uh, I think you should look at things more as being a band director, or writing director. So, yeah, you might give me you, you gave me like six ideas, right? For the for the final baseline, like you were, I just had you start playing, and then I was just listening to you play, listening to you play, and then I was like, oh, okay, wait, stop. That was the one. Go back right there. Play that again. Okay, play that again. I'm gonna put that here. So it's more like you're just listening to what your options are and selecting them. Right. You know? Yeah. And then same thing. Uh, no, not same thing. No, that, that was my whole point. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Thanks. Congratulations. Fuck. I agree. Yeah, because it's, like it's not like Keen's idea or my idea alone is like anywhere as close to the complete song. But no. if you took all of your, if you took Keen's idea and my idea away, it would still be, you know, the song. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics so might who, be a little bit different. whose ideas did you steal to write this song? 
Whose ideas did I steal? Yeah. Yours? No. Not, <laughs> I don't mean like the baseline that I wrote. I mean like I'm trying to ask you in a, as cunty of a way as possible who the influences are for the song. Oh. Who's it sound like? Oh, I'll who's, tell you. I'll whose tell you, songs are you stealing? I stole uh, Cool Cat by Queen and I stole I Don't Trust Myself by John Mayer. So Cool Cat by Queen has a lot of chords in it, but I looked up the chords. I found like the first like two or three and then I, those were the starting chords. And then the I Don't Trust Myself song is the wah, 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 like this like eighth note thing. Your belly's out. You look really weird. <laughs> um, so that was like the rhythm that I stole from Mr. John Mayer. And then I steal a lot of shit from John Mayer all the time. Um, so I think like influence wise, like structurally, or maybe some of the, my melodies, I don't, I don't know. They just remind me of John Mayer. I don't, uh, probably pentatonic scale. I don't know. Like that's, which is not just him, but what like, a good bet. Yeah. uh, you know, so those two, I definitely stole from, I guess I kind of stole from your song. Uh, oh yeah. Boy, I remember bit. that. What, what was that? Like the vocal melody or something? Yeah. The vocal melody in, um, sometimes, sometimes I, I was freaking out a little bit. I was like, cause I didn't realize it at the time. I was just singing it, and then after I recorded it, maybe that's why I listened to it like twenty-two thousand times. Because I was like, "Fuck, did I like accidentally steal Carl's song?" Um, but you're not allowed to sue me because we live together. So fuck you. I'm trying to sing both songs in my head, and Mine I don't is, know. I'm going out. You take my hand. One day I'll make amends with you. And yours, yours I was. Wanting of anyone that no. Oh, do you no. mean the hook? Wake a moment, lie in bed, do it from your mouth, it ain't no sense. Take it yeah, those aren't that similar. Sometimes, sometimes. There you go. That's exactly how it sounds. So, yeah, those aren't that similar at all. I thought who, they were. Who told you that they were alike? My brain. Was it just you? I thought you sent it to somebody no. and they were like, that sounds just like Carl's song. You're like, oh, fuck. No. All right. Well, here's here's the thing you got to understand about me. I, That is your worst uh, trait is I, picking out exactly what you think somebody's, yours or mine or anybody's music sounds like immediately. Yeah. And you'll pick just like two random songs and be like, that sounds just like this. I can't. It's so hard for me. I'm getting better at it, but it was so hard for me to fucking write songs without being up my own ass. Oh shit, we're gonna run out of time real Are quick. We? It would be so oh, it's yeah. so hard for me to like write shit because I would go and I'd write a song and instantly in my head I'd be like, "You stole that from that. You stole that. You, this that sounds way too much like that. That sounds way too much like John Mayer. That sounds way too much like that one song by Tame Impala. That song that sounds way too much like that one song that you heard that one time." And I would just get on my fucking ass and just be like, "You're it's so unoriginal, I can't do that. Um, which is why I think now on Instagram and TikTok, I've been making those videos that are like, these are the influences. Like, they, these are the people I like stole from. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a way to mentally combat my impulse to say to myself, that's unoriginal, you can't use that. 
it's okay if it's unoriginal if you admit to it honestly you know that's true so if you just this tell, is, that's what sampling say, is right you just say. i just can't afford to clear samples yeah so i'll just <laughs> i'll I just mean, be honest about my stealing right and hope that nobody cares it'll be fine we gotta go we gotta go um <laughs> yeah we're at 20 well we might be fucked already oh shit all right bye